Hello and welcome to the Service Combination Property Podcast. Today, our keynote speaker is none other than Arthur Kemp. Arthur Kemp, an extremely experienced capital allowances surveyor. Capital allowances for serviced accommodation are an absolute game changer. They are how you get to earn an awful lot of money tax-free, but also you can do joint ventures with property owners. You run the properties for them as service accommodation, and they get to earn an awful lot of money tax-free. So a really, really cool win-win situation with capital allowances, but you definitely need to work with an expert in capital allowances because I've had capital allowances claims in the past which have been, frankly, pants. So I've kissed a lot of frogs and I ended up at this one. Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Arthur Kemp, he, in my experience, is able to squeeze more capital allowances out of a property than other capital allowances surveyor. Would you like us to get him up or would you like me to get him up, team? Can I get a massive round of applause for Arthur Kemp, everyone? Brilliant. Thanks very much, Kevin. Happy New Year, everyone. What a great year 2023 is going to be. Uh, I'm going to share some knowledge with you for the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, Whenever somebody looks to invest in a property, one of the things they're looking at is the tax angle on the property. So whether it's Kevin or Mark or Rob, they look at the property and think, is capital allowances available? Is there some extra tax relief that we can squeeze out of this property? So I'm going to share some general knowledge with you today. I've got a few examples, uh, some high level stuff. But hopefully you'll take away from today some extra knowledge that whatever property you're looking at, there's potentially an angle for you uh, to save some money. So capital allowances, it's been around for years, 130 odd years capital allowances has been around for. And this is what the revenue say. The revenue say you're allowed to claim some tax relief on your assets that you buy to keep to use in your business. And they mention a few things. Uh, and these assets are plant and machinery is what they call them. That's a bit of terminology. Most people think plant and machinery is diggers and tractors and silos. And yes, that is plant and machinery. But within a property, there's also items which have been deemed to be plant and machinery based on the last 140 odd years of case law. And that's what you're able to claim on. It's generally all the second fix items, but I'll I'll show you sort of details of that a bit later. So you can claim the value of those items as a tax deduction uh, against your profits. And it's quite as, as simple as that. Introduced in 1878, anybody know who was Prime Minister at the time? Benjamin Disraeli, well done, yes. Uh, and it was the year the light bulb was invented, just to uh, throw some things in there. Uh, so whenever you spend money on a property, there's an opportunity for you to claim capital allowances. So if you think about the property life cycle, you'll go and buy a property. And when you buy that property, you buy the land and you buy the structure but you also buy the plant and machinery. You buy all the second fix as part of the purchase price. So what we effectively do is break down that purchase price into its component parts 
of which the plant and machinery we identify, that's what you can claim through on your tax return. Uh, if you have a commercial property, you can actually claim a bit more, but that's, that's a, something for another day. So once you've bought your property, you might decide to develop it, to extend it, make it better, bigger. That's another opportunity to claim capital allowances because you'll be buying more plant and machinery. Uh, if you're building new bathrooms or converting rooms, you're putting more plant and machinery in, so therefore there's another opportunity uh, to claim capital allowances. If it's a very obvious item, then I would expect your accountant to pick it up. So, for example, if you're putting in an emergency lighting system that wasn't there before, most accountants will know that that's plant and machinery and they should claim uh, capital allowances on that. Um, but there's lots of other stuff that they don't claim. Uh, you can claim up to a million pounds worth of capital allowances a year, which would be nice, wouldn't it? To make a million pound profit a year, you can use the allowances to offset that uh, and you pay no tax, which is good. It helps some people to think about capital allowances as the tax depreciation uh, of, uh, of an asset. So most of you, I'm, well, I'm sure probably all of you have got business of some sort and you have a profit and loss account. And in that profit and loss account, you obviously have all your income and your various expenditure, uh, one of which is depreciation of your various assets. But when it comes to doing your tax return, whether it's your corporation tax return or your individual tax return, depreciation is not tax deductible. So your accountant has to ignore that and instead he's allowed to claim capital allowances. But you don't get them automatically. It's not just take a percentage of what you've spent. They've got to be identified uh, and logged uh, accordingly. Uh, so it helps some people to think about that as tax depreciation uh, of your assets. And as it says on here, it's for fixed assets only. So if it's a, a property, if you're a developer, for example, you don't have the properties as your assets because that's your stock. You're buying the properties, flipping them, and then selling them for a profit, and you're taxed in a very different way. So it's only for properties that are held as fixed assets uh, that, uh, that you can claim them for uh, on there. And we'll come over with some more examples of that and uh, different expenditure uh, in the future. So whoever owns the property is the one that's entitled to claim. So if you own it um, in your own name, perfectly fine. If you own it with a partner, perfectly fine. You're each entitled to your own share. Interestingly, uh, or not, uh, interestingly, you can split that share rather than 50-50. Uh, the revenue will allow you to do that. You can't do it retrospectively, unfortunately. But that really helps. If one of the partners is a higher rate taxpayer, you can share the allowances in a, in a different ratio than that. Um, limited companies. Obviously, if you're a limited company, uh, you can use the allowances to offset your corporation tax. And if you're part of a, a tax group as well, so very often, um, I used to be the UK accounting manager for IKEA. And what we did is we had a, a retail company which made all the profit. We had a property company that held all the properties but had loads of allowances. And we had a couple of other companies as well. But because we were part of the same tax group, you could use all the allowances from the property to offset the profits you make through the retail company. So you're taxed as a group rather than individuals. And that's one of the main reasons why you hear all these stories about uh, McDonald's and Starbucks not paying much tax, because they've got loads of property, right? So they're claiming lots of capital allowances against their profits. Uh, so that's, that's quite a useful thing to, to learn. Uh, if you have a, a, an LLP structure, then each member of that LLP is entitled to their share of the allowances. Uh, or if you set up a, a special limited company or an SPV, uh, they can claim as well. So whoever legally owns the property is the one that's able to claim. Uh, the legislation, it's not the most riveting read in the world, I'll grant you, but 
It does set out all the rules around capital allowances. It's the Capital Allowances Act 2001 uh, is, is what uh, everything refers to. And it doesn't matter of the planning status of the property either. So whether you've got planning or not, you're still entitled to claim the allowances. All you need to do is to look at how the property is traded. If you're trading it as serviced accommodation or HMO or holiday let, then you're able to claim irrespective of what the planning status is. Uh, and one of the useful things I mentioned about group tax relief, if you own the property personally, and perhaps you have other incomes through job or PAYE, then there's something called sideways loss relief, which is one of the best tax, one of the best benefits of capital allowances. You can use the allowances from the property against any income stream that you have. So it's really useful for those people starting off in their property career who have a job, are still earning money, and are building up properties. You can use the allowances from the properties to get back the tax that you're being paid through your job. So that's, that's quite a, a good win, and it helps you build up your portfolio quicker or go to excellent training events or whatever it might, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, and the allowances are great. You can either use them against profits today or roll them forward to offset profits in the future. So that's kind of a, a, general, uh, a general sort of bit about properties. Which properties qualify? The legislation says uh, they can't claim on a dwelling house. Dwelling houses don't qualify. So therefore, regular buy-to-lets, uh, they, they don't qualify, sorry, but pretty much anything else does. So as long as it's not somebody's main principal residence, then it will qualify for capital allowances. There's a few uh, peculiarities around HMOs uh, based on the fact there's been a, a new, relatively new case uh, setting out exactly what you can and can't claim on HMOs. But predominantly, serviced accommodation, holiday lets, any type of commercial property like this building, for example, uh, blocks of flats, the communal parts you can claim for if the flats are individually uh, let out as residential, or you can claim for the whole block if they're all serviced accommodation flats uh, on that. So pretty much, there's your opportunity. It's massive. And why is it a massive opportunity? Because when you do your tax return, how often does the revenue phone you up and say, you haven't claimed this tax relief or that tax relief? They issued a statement, the revenue, probably, probably about 10 years ago now, and they said that 96% of all property transactions hadn't maximised their capital allowances. 96%. That's a massive amount, a massive opportunity. Even if you take into account those people that can't claim tax relief, so pension funds, local authority, there's still a hell of a lot of properties to be able to, uh, to claim capital allowances. And it's quite rare, actually, that we find that when somebody's buying a property that the previous owners have claimed because their accountants, yes, they know about capital allowances, but they don't really know what qualifies. They don't go, go and do the surveys, so they don't necessarily provide uh, the best advice. I think it's worth spending a bit of time about the difference between holiday lets and serviced accommodation because it can have a massive impact on the sideways loss relief uh, availability. So generally, if you rent your property out, short-term lets, your accountant will want to put it in the holiday let section of your tax return, which is perfectly fine. And if serviced accommodation is your only business, that's not a problem at all. You still get exactly the same capital allowances, but they can only be used against your particular business there. That's perfectly fine. Um, if you then elevate its status, if you like, and provide additional services over and above uh, just furnished accommodation, then it sits in a slightly different part of the tax return in the UK property section. Then, sideways loss relief, using the allowances against other income, is available. 
So just to kind of highlight the difference between the two, if you are providing these additional services, they don't have to be taken up, they only have to be offered, um, then you're able to claim the capital allowances, not only against your business, but against other income. So it's a small point, but it can make a big difference to uh, how much tax you could potentially get refunded uh, or the availability of it. So as a holiday let, you have to let the property for 105 days a year and it has to be available for 210 days a year. As a serviced accommodation, it only has to be trading for one day in any given tax year. Now, I like to apply the let's not take the Mickey principle. If you were to say trade a property on the 5th and 6th of April, uh, and the, which covers two tax years, the revenue aren't going to be necessarily very happy that you're claiming this tax relief. What they're sort of intended to do is, if you start your business on the 5th or 4th or 3rd of April and then continue it, yes, you'll be able to claim your full year's allowances in the first year. Not just two days every couple of years. Uh, they wouldn't necessarily be happy with that. So, yeah, take that, not with a pinch of salt, because, because it is true, but, uh, yeah, don't take the mickey, basically. If they do find it, then they would quite rightly uh, disallow the claim for capital allowances. But it's just quite a, 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 an important thing to be aware of, having the allowances in the right part of your tax return, have the discussion with your accountant. If you do earn other income, uh, then you, you need it in the UK section of the return uh, on there as well. And it works for any properties in the world as well. So if you've got properties abroad that you're doing serviced accommodation with, then you're able to do that. That sits in the foreign property section of your tax return. And again, you can use the allowances against other income. So I've had a, a couple of people recently that have properties in France, one that we've just actually surveyed over there, and they're doing exactly that. It's in a service department, um, and uh, yeah, they've they got the tax relief, uh, which is great. And you can claim, as I said, up to a million pounds in the year of acquisition. And I'll, I'll sort of cover that a little bit more as well, uh, slightly. But yeah, capital allowances, uh, in a minute, capital allowances are great. They help you to not pay any tax. And who doesn't want to pay any tax? Of course you don't. Uh, it, because it has a cash value, it can increase the return on investment of your project. So if you're looking at a particular project and you're thinking it doesn't quite stack up, maybe there's you know, not a, as a great return, once you factor in the fact that more cash might be available to you because of the capital allowances, that may make a difference to whether you go ahead with that particular project uh, or not. And knowing about capital allowances as well, it's just a great bit of knowledge, you know. It's not something that everybody knows about. When you're in competition with other people in the market for properties, they won't necessarily know about this. So therefore, you can apply certain percentages to the purchase price to say, I know I can get this tax relief on this property. It increases your return. You might decide to increase the price because you get a, a better return on that as well. But you know about it and other people don't. So that's quite a, a good thing as well. Uh, and again, rent to SA uh, is quite popular. You don't have to buy the property yourself. Uh, the landlord can, who owns the property, uh, they're, can, they're able to claim the capital allowances if you're operating a property uh, on their behalf. Because they're the owner, they're the ones that have spent the money on the property, but if they're just operating it as a buy-to-let, it doesn't qualify. So if you come along and you obviously take control of the property, trade it as serviced accommodation, it then qualifies so the owner is able to claim tax relief. And that's a really good in to the landlord as well, because if you're doing that and that's your strategy, it's great to go to the landlord and say, how would you like an increased rent, I'll guarantee the rent, and it's tax-free because you can now claim capital allowances, because I'm going to trade it as serviced accommodation. And so that's a really quite a, a powerful thing as well if, um, 
rent to SA is your, is your strategy. Now, examples of plant and machinery, there's a whole host of things. Like I say, there's 140 years of, 133 years of case law, uh, 35 years of case law, but it's generally all the second fix items. Power supplies, hot and cold waters, uh, yeah, sewage systems, heating systems, sanitary ware in the bathrooms, kitchen units, uh, a whole host of uh, things as well. And I think uh, in Wales at the moment, I'm correct in saying that all new properties have to have uh, fire systems, sprinkler systems installed. And so that's a big cost. That's an item of plant and machinery, so you can claim for those as well. But things like swimming pools. Who's got a swimming pool in their property? Yeah, if, it's tr if you're operating it, you can claim capital allowances. And fixed zoo cages. What do you guys get up to in the privacy of your own homes? It's perfectly up to you, but if you have a fixed zoo cage, uh, then it qualifies as well. And again, yeah, dry dock uh, as well. Uh, I kid you, no word of a lie, there was a case law about a sheepdog. A sheepdog is an item of plant and machinery. You can claim capital allowances on a sheepdog, not the sheep, that would be ridiculous, but the sheepdog uh, is a working uh, animal, an item of plant and machinery. Uh, so if that comes up in the pub quiz on Sunday, then you know where you heard it. So there's loads of different things. Lots, it depends on what particular business you're doing. Most people are, uh, just deal with houses, regular houses, they're pretty straightforward. If you have more complex uh, businesses or buildings, then a lot more may qualify uh, as well. What sort of amounts are we talking about? Well, these, uh, as, as it goes, uh, depending on the sort of property you're going to buy, depends on the yield of capital allowances. So it kind of stands to reason, if you're going to buy a warehouse for whatever reason, it's mostly fresh air. So there's not going to be a huge amount of capital allowances. If you buy a really well-built uh, medical, medical building, for example, that's going to have lots of plant and machinery. Uh, if you buy yeah, dental medical units or regular houses, serviced accommodation units or HMOs, around 20% of what you pay for the property will be the value of that plant and machinery in the property. Now, what do I mean by value? Well, when you buy a house, it could even be an old house, what is the value of the kitchen that's in there? That's a difficult question because it could be brand new. It could be a brand new Neptune kitchen that was 50 grand. It could be a, an old tired magnet kitchen that's you know, worth 500 quid. Or it could be completely destroyed and, and uh, worth throwing in the bin straight away. So what's the value? The value for secondhand uh, properties or, or items within it has always been a bit of a problem. So back in the 90s, the revenue wrote to the valuations office agency and they said, we're getting these capital allowances claims. We want a fair and reasonable way to value these second-hand items. And so the valuations office agency came up with a, uh, a, a calculation which still applies today. And effectively, you're allowed to claim the full replacement cost of all of that plant and machinery when you buy a second-hand property. So even though the wiring will all be replaced, even though all the lighting, new bathrooms, new kitchens, you're still able to claim as part of the purchase price the full replacement cost of the capital out of the, the plant and machinery inside, which is why these values seem quite high. A lot of the time, I do illustrations for people and they say, I've got bought this £200,000 house. It needs gutting because nothing works inside. How can I claim £50,000, £50,000 worth of tax relief uh, on it? And the reason is, the VOA say you can claim the full replacement cost of those items. Now, when you do replace those items in the future, either near or far, you're not able to claim capital allowances again, because what you should do 
is you should take those items and they're just treated as repairs, renewals, written off against profits in the year. So you can only claim capital allowances once for those items in a property. But that's only if you're replacing like for like. If you're adding something that wasn't there before, emergency lighting system, for example, that's a new asset. So that will be treated as a capital addition. Then you can claim capital allowances on it uh, as well. So just to kind of highlight what the value of capital allowances means. And I've also put on here as well, we shouldn't underestimate um, the value of your development costs because very often, if you, well, when you buy a property, we need to take into account the value of the land and the construction of the property as well. But then when you develop the property, you've just got a bunch of invoices, some of which will be for plant and machinery uh, and some won't. And the large proportion of what you spend on the property will be plant and machinery, developing it. So you're putting in new bathrooms, extra bathrooms, perhaps extra kitchens, bigger kitchens, maybe extending the property, uh, new electrical systems. Lots of what you spend will be plant and machinery, so a higher proportion uh, of your costs there. So very often we, we find people who buy a house for 150 and spend 150 developing it. And there'll be more capital allowances in the development costs than there will be in the purchase because they would have extended it quite a lot and had a, a higher proportion. So don't underestimate the benefit for claiming your, your capital allowances. So just as a rough guide, um, for type, these types of properties, here's how it works. Let's say 20%. 20% of the purchase price of your property uh, is what the capital allowances value would be. So on a, a standard serviced accommodation, HMO, holiday property, for each £100,000, uh, you can claim £20,000 in capital allowances. If you're a high-rate taxpayer, that'll save you £8,000 off your tax bill. So every £100,000 worth of investment, you're saving £8,000 worth of tax. Uh, corporation tax is £5,000, uh, and um, yeah, if you're a standard-rate taxpayer, £4,000 or so. That's residential-type properties. For commercial properties, they can actually take into account the value of the structure of the property. This is as, a, as an aside. So not only can they claim for the plant and machinery, they can claim for the structure. So of that £100,000, £65,000 plus you can claim as tax relief, which is quite uh, incredible once, once these have been applied as well. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. And um, when can I claim the allowances? If you buy a property today, the revenue will allow you to claim all of the capital allowances in one go, up to a million pounds. And that's called the annual investment allowance. So that's great. You can take all of that million pounds worth of allowances. You can use it against your other income if it's appropriate, or you can use it against profits of your property portfolio. And you can then roll that forward to offset future years. So the most common scenario we see is somebody will set up a limited company. They'll buy their property in that company. And then all the capital allowances will just create a big loss. And that loss will roll forward to offset future years profits. Perfectly standard, perfectly good. And it's a good way for forecasting your cash flow as well. Knowing you haven't got any tax bills for the next three or four years uh, is quite useful. And that's, that's fairly typical for a new property. Lots of people, though, have properties on their portfolio already that they're trading as buy-to-let. But they like the idea of serviced accommodation, right? So they want to change how they use their property and use it as serviced accommodation. Bring someone line uh, and see how they get on. That's fine and you still get exactly the same capital allowances, but you don't get them all in one big chunk because those tax years when you bought those properties might be 10, might be three, might be 20 years ago, it doesn't matter. Those tax years are closed. 
So you can't make any adjustments, including that annual investment allowance in those years. So instead of getting it in one big chunk, you still get all of the allowances, but they get it on a writing down basis. So 18% of the pool of allowances, roughly, every single year. And that sort of diminishes over time. So you still get the benefit, uh, just not all at once in one chunk. And in some cases, the amount of allowances will equal the sort of profits you're making each year anyway. So it's, it's, uh, it's quite good. So um, very often, we find sort of portfolio owners have this scenario where they've got a stack, 20, 30, 40 properties sometimes, and the only allowances they can get, because they've had them for such a long time, is at 18% a year. So they still claim an awful lot of money in tax relief, but it would be more tax efficient for them to buy a couple of newer properties and get all of the allowances in one go up to, up to uh, a million pounds. So just to highlight the importance of this annual investment allowance. And the revenue, uh, well, the government actually um, use it as a tool to encourage people uh, to invest in properties and businesses in plant and machinery as well. So at one point, when I was working for IKEA, it used to be 40 or 50% of your capital investment you could claim as capital allowances, uh, which was great, because if you're, if you're building a 400 million pound store, then some of the plant and machinery of that, you could probably claim 100 million pounds in, in one year in tax relief. In 2008, it went down to 25,000 pounds. So all of a sudden, you're still spending 400 million pounds on a store, but it meant you can only claim 25,000 pounds in tax relief. They soon changed that and it's, it's gone back up and it's now leveled off at a million pounds. So a million pounds, which covers, I think, 97% of all property transactions anyway. Uh, so yeah, but if, but if you're doing a million pounds in turnover and you need the allowances, well, good for you, that's what I say. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of, uh, bit of that. The claim process, uh, I'll spend a little bit of time on this. Desktop appraisal is very easy. Tell me how much you bought the property for, who owns it, and I can quickly do the maths to say here's how much the allowances will be. One of the problems that we have is that you can only claim capital allowances once in a property's lifetime. So that's fine. If the previous owner couldn't have claimed because the property didn't qualify, it was a residential property, or you're buying the property from somebody who can't claim tax, so a pension fund or the local authority, that's not a problem. You automatically get the capital allowances. But if you buy a property where the previous owner could have claimed, so you buy an existing serviced accommodation unit or an existing hotel uh, or an existing HMO, doesn't matter, whatever it is, then the previous owner could have claimed. Whether they have or not, you need to get an agreement with them as to the value of capital allowances if you want to claim them. But that's a real problem because you don't want to go to the previous owner and say, have you claimed this really valuable tax relief that nobody knows about? Oh, you haven't. Brilliant. Let's have an agreement in there because the previous owner will go to his accountant or her accountant, their accountant, sorry, uh, these days and ask the question, you know, let's claim this tax relief. Let's get the capital allowances. So it puts a, a bit of a, a predicament there. There's a couple of easy ways around it. In most circumstances, we just get a clause in the contract that says that they will agree to whatever value it is that we identify uh, up to two years in the future, we have to do that. Uh, and that's quite, that's quite a good way to get around it. As I say, most people haven't got a clue about capital allowances. So you don't necessarily want to scare them and make them aware that there is this massive tax relief that they've lost out on, but cover yourself by getting the right clause in the contract uh, to make sure that they do agree and sign off their particular responsibilities. So that's 
one quite important thing. So anything from today, just take away the fact that when you're buying a property where the previous owner could have claimed, uh, you need to be thinking about capital allowances, getting the right clause in the contract, because if it's not done properly, you get no tax relief on the property at all. And there's been circumstances where people have come to me and said, I bought this property two years ago, uh, there's no clause in the contract for capital allowances, uh, they've missed out, there's, they can't make a claim. And sometimes that's hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, of tax relief that they've missed out on. So if anything from today, just take away the fact that the due diligence when you're buying a property, you need to deal with the capital allowances at that point. And the seller is motivated because you could, of course, go ahead and put no clause in the contract and go ahead as usual. Perfectly fine. But then the seller's not motivated to agree to anything once they've sold the property. They've sold the property, they're on to their next project or they've retired, they've got the money, and you go both after them afterwards and say, can you sign this document to do with tax on this property that you've just sold? They never reply. There's no motivation for them to do that. But while they're still in that negotiation or exchange process with their, with their solicitor, that's the best time to just get the clause in the contract. That's all they need to do. This kind of an opportunity cost to them, really. It doesn't cost them anything. They've just missed out on this tax relief because they haven't been advised properly. That's their loss, your gain in that respect. But, you know, at the same time, if you're getting the property for such a good price, don't then scupper the whole deal by insisting on the capital allowances because obviously the, the, the better price might be the more beneficial uh, reason for getting the property rather than a little bit of extra tax relief. Uh, plus, you automatically get what your development allowances are anyway. So um, that, that might not necessarily be the end of the, end of the road for that. Um, so once the due diligence is done, obviously the valuation needs to happen. So somebody needs to go to site and do the survey. And that's dead exciting, that is, taking pictures of toilets and sockets and switches and that sort of thing. We have to log everything that's there uh, in order to provide the, the evidence for the reports that, uh, that go off to the revenue. And once you've got those reports, it goes in your tax return. And if you're due a refund, uh, then, um, yeah, there you go. If, if, you, if you're due a refund, that'll be with you within a couple of weeks, or it will just offset future year's uh, profits on there. So just to go over that, the due diligence is really uh, important. It's introduced in the Finance Act 2012. You have to get an agreement with the vendor for that value within two years. Uh, and it does involve their solicitors and accountants. Obviously, we deal with all of that. But just to highlight the fact, it is a really important process uh, to go through. Uh, it can be um, one good thing if you're buying a commercial property uh, to convert is that very often there's a lot of information already in there. There's these things called the CPSE inquiries, which I'm sure some of you have heard of. Uh, commercial property standard inquiries. I wish they'd do it for residential ones as well, but it's basically a list of all of the uh, tenancy agreements, land registry documents, and there is a section for capital allowances as well within the CPSE documents, uh, and sometimes that's quite, uh, quite useful. There is the opportunity to go to a tax tribunal. Yeah, who wants to do that? Nobody really, it's a real pain. Um, but that opportunity is there if no parties can agree and the numbers are, are quite big as well. Um, but yeah, so here's where they go in the tax return. You probably can't see that, but if you want copies of the slides, uh, please feel free to email me or these guys here. But here's, you basically have the annual investment allowance, which is this year's allowances. Put a, the chunk in there that relates to that. Everything else, i.e. previous years, goes in the all other capital allowances in the box. Um, this is from my tax return yesterday, actually, uh, on there. And if you want to use the sideways loss relief against 
uh, other income, that's the box you put in there. And there's all sorts of warnings to say, this will be unusual, this is you know, quite peculiar, do you need help about this, why would you do that? Capital allowances is the only thing that allows you to use that loss relief against your other income. So, uh, but it's a box, just pop it in, in there. And when it comes to your calculation at the end, you'll see that coming off your uh, income. So yeah, so if you haven't got any properties already, brilliant. Knowing about capital allowances, you can then apply that to buying your particular uh, properties. Having that knowledge, knowing that there's a cash value to this as well, can help you model your uh, return on your investment, your profitability, your cash flow. Uh, you can do all of that. If you have some properties that qualify, brilliant. You can actually claim capital allowances now. You're up against a bit of a deadline for the 2021 tax return, because even though, probably like me, you did that on the 31st of January 2022, you've got another year to make changes to that. So for the 2021 tax year, you've got until the end of this month to make any changes. So if you had properties in that year and you haven't claimed your capital allowances, you've got about four weeks to, uh, to crack on and do that. Otherwise, and then that tax year closes for any changes. Uh, so the 2021-22 tax year is still obviously available. And we're in the 22-23 year, so you can uh, factor in the capital allowances for those, those particular ones. Rent to SA, I've talked about briefly. If you're seeking deals, having that knowledge of capital allowances for the... Uh, uh, the landlord, the owner is always uh, brilliant. And again, because you're not paying uh, HMRC in tax, you're keeping hold of that money, you can build your portfolio quicker and maximise your returns uh, on there as well. So we've got a few examples here just to put some numbers into some real-life uh, real properties. Uh, so this is a, a, a nice um, Scarborough property, I think this was. Uh, Mixed-use unit, very nice. Retail downstairs. It was a regular buy-to-let above. Um, but uh, he's changed that into a serviced accommodation unit. Bought and developed for £265,000. So there's two claims here, right? There's a claim on the purchase of the property and then another claim on the development works. Just spruced up the retail space, uh, so there wasn't a huge amount there, but obviously uh, had extended and changed, added a few more bathrooms, etc., to the uh, space above the shop, and then, um, uh, and then started trading that as serviced accommodation. So more in the development works there. So the plant and machinery value, £82,000 that we identified. Uh, individual higher rate taxpayer, so he's saving nearly £33,000 off his tax bill. But look at that as a proportion of what he's paid for the property. That's got to be 13 14% or so of what he paid. So imagine looking at that deal beforehand going, the net investment in this property isn't 265, it's just going to be over 230. So it's a different way of looking at that particular um, deal as well. This is um, oh, this is Bridgeport or somewhere, somewhere half down the M5. Really nice uh, property. Again, a block of six flats converted into serviced accommodation uh, as well. Quite a pricey project. Bought and developed for six, just over £600,000. Um, the plant and machinery value on that estimate, because it hasn't quite finished, was about 145000 And it's owned by an LLP. So each member of their LLP, according to the agreement, is entitled to their share of the profits, losses, and capital allowances. Uh, but it worked out that um, the LLP, the members, would save about £58,000 uh, in tax. So again, before they looked at this uh, deal, they didn't, but they could have done, sat down and worked out the numbers, and they could have figured out what their net investment is in that particular uh, project. Uh, so this was a, I want to say... Um, 
a pension, but it's not a pension in the traditional sense you pay into a pension. I mean, it's someone's investment in a property that so they're going to retire and it's just going to give them rental income, effectively. That, that sort of pension, if you like. Um, so it's owned by a couple. Uh, it was a residential house uh, bought for serviced accommodation um, and, yeah, bought and developed for £600,000. Plant and machinery, because the property was quite run down, was just shy of £140,000. And they're going to be paying high rates of tax. So they're going to save probably 8 9% or so of their net investment on there uh, in tax. So that sort of helps with their uh, business. Or you could think about it this way. It's their only property, their only business, if you like. They're starting off with a tax loss of £139,000. So if they're making £50,000 a year, that's two and a half years, nearly three years without paying any tax. They can factor that into their cash flow, knowing they've got an extra £56,000 to buy a new car, whatever it is they want to do is fine. Uh, and this was, a, this was a bank up in um, just north of Edinburgh, actually. Quite a nice uh, project. It's split it into six flats um, and six service accommodation units. Had to sell some of them off to fund the project as well. But the net investment was just over a million pounds. Great location, actually. Uh, the plant and machinery amount was about 370,000 pounds. So they had to effectively strip it all back and just rebuild inside uh, all of that. It's owned by a limited company, new limited company. So that new limited company now has a tax loss to start its trade of £370,000. Uh, so it's going to save corporation tax of about £70,000 uh, for that company. So that's right at the start. And I know for a fact they did sit down and work out what the capital allowances would be uh, on that, what their capital expenditure would be. And I think they worked it out they'd have about four and a half years of trade if it was, um, you know... Uh, really well occupied uh, before they'd start to pay any uh, corporation tax on that. So it's another sort of strategy, cash flow that they look at uh, on there as well. So just to sort of uh, reiterate and summarise again, um, the basics. Capital allowances are awesome, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, you can use them against any income stream if you, you own them personally or in a company. Uh, you can use them against different uh, companies uh, within the same tax group. Uh, it's legislated for so it's not some kind of fancy loophole that uh, Man United footballers might be interested in. It's a genuine uh, tax relief legislated for um, and introduced in 1878. HMOs qualify, serviced accommodation units qualify, holiday lets, all commercial properties and some residential works as well. If you buy a residential property, that won't qualify. But as soon as you start trading it as serviced accommodation, then you can take the purchase element of that and look at the whole project uh, on there as well. And as I said before, the revenue, there's such a massive opportunity. I wish there was more of me to go around and tell as many people as possible because there's just not many people know about it. And the revenue themselves, as I said, 96% of all property transactions hadn't maximised their capital allowances. So I almost guarantee if you find a property, there's been no capital allowances. I can't guarantee that because obviously sometimes people have done that uh, on there as well. It doesn't affect your capital gains tax. Some people think... Brilliant, great tax relief, but somehow it reduces the base price of my property, so I'll be paying more tax in the future uh, when I sell it. Um, in fact, it has the opposite effect because you effectively get the tax relief twice. If you buy a property and then you improve it, that gets added to the base price of your property, so when you sell it, you pay less capital gains tax. But some of those improvements will be plant and machinery, which you can already claim that tax relief against your income as well. So you effectively get tax relief twice uh, on there. 
So uh, isn't that brilliant? Um, and the planning status is irrelevant uh, also as well. And between 8 and 150% of what you spend uh, can be claimed. And you think, 150%? How can I claim more than I've actually spent on this tax relief? Well, I've been talking very rivetingly, I'm sure you'll agree, for the last 45 minutes on plant and machinery allowances. Uh, which is the sort of bread and butter. There's also this super deduction which ends shortly and that's for newly created uh, plant and machinery. Uh, only if you're doing big extensions really to properties it can make a, a bit of a difference. Um, structure and buildings allowance, that's newly introduced for commercial properties only but very valuable. Um, and land remediation relief. Land remediation relief sounds boring. It's the biggest single tax relief the government offer. Any money you spend cleaning up contaminated land or buildings, you can claim 150% as a tax deduction. So who's been to a property and seen there's been Japanese knotweed in the garden? Or there's asbestos in the property? And perhaps thought, I'm not interested in this. Any money you spend cleaning that contamination up, you can claim 150% of that as a tax deduction. Another piece of useful information, that if you're looking at a property, the competition might not be interested or know about and they might be tempted to walk away and go, not interested in Japanese knotweed, thank you very much. Whereas you might see that as an opportunity uh, to maybe get the property a bit cheaper anyway, but knowing that there's some tax relief out there as well. Uh, one peculiar question I had about land contamination is uh, about coffins. Uh, somebody bought a plot of land uh, when they're doing their excavations, realised it was an old burial uh, site years ago, uh, but there's actually tax, there's no tax relief on coffins or dead people, unfortunately. Um, but that's the only thing you can't claim on. Uh, it's, not, it's not deemed to be a contaminant. Um, but even, even sort of um, naturally occurring elements, argon uh, and that sort of thing in the ground. At, at Ikea, we had um, some unexploded shells on the south coast when we built the uh, Southampton store. Uh, and so we claimed lambda remediation relief for that because it is a, a hazardous, uh, has the potential to do harm. So yeah, that's, that's the extra tax relief. And enhanced capital allowances. I mean, as if they're not exciting enough, right? There's an enhanced version of capital allowances. But that's generally just for um, energy efficient plant and machinery, which mostly is covered by your million pound yearly uh, allowance anyway. But if you're doing a big project and your million pounds gets used up doing normal plant and machinery, any environmentally friendly solutions that you apply, and there's a dedicated list of them on a government's website, you can claim 100% of all these costs in year one as well. So things like high temperature wood pellet burners, uh, air source heat pumps, that sort of thing, uh, you can get tax relief on. So, just to wrap up, uh, just yeah, take away this. Up to £28,000 of tax can be saved for every £100,000 of expenditure on your property. So think about the properties you might be having in your pipeline. You might be thinking, you know, there's the, these particular uh, properties. If you can get £28,000 worth of tax saved for those particular properties, it soon adds up. It can increase the return by up to 12% in year one. Um, and yeah, the failing to apply these new rules between the buyer and the seller when you buy a property can mean that you walk away with no tax relief on it at all, which in some cases would be tragic. Now, I know I've, I've, I've gone through that, and I know there's, um, there's lots of information, but please feel free to, uh, to drop me uh, a line. Uh, this email address, ak at exactca.co.uk, uh, or call me on the office, 0845 467 2765. Thank you all for listening. Okay.
Thank you so much, Arthur. I'm sure you agree that that was extremely useful information on capital allowances. So everyone has got Arthur's contact details if you wish to reach out to Arthur. And obviously, the initial um, scenario would be the, the desktop consultation to see whether or not it's worth uh, pursuing. But I definitely recommend uh, contacting Arthur and get cracking with your capital allowances. As I say, it's the game changer, definitely with serviced accommodation. So thank you very much, Arthur. Can I get another round of applause, please? Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.